Good Monday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller. Welcome to the show. It's the I Live Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. A program presented by the Clifton and Keswick happy hour, dinner, events, weddings, corporate retreats, a boutique hotel. The Clifton and Keswick special memories happening over there, guys. I specifically enjoy it for happy hour and for uh, dinner and date night with my uh, better half. And I think many of you in Central Virginia will just be blown away by the cuisine and the menu offerings at the Clifton in Keswick. Take a look at the screen for today's headlines. Um, today's show is broadcasted live across all social media platforms. Um, and we got a lot to cover on the program. We may be breaking some news today with Bob Fenwick making a push for Charlottesville City Council in 2023. He's currently Bob Fenwick circulating um, a, a, I guess, a signature list to get the needed signatures to qualify for council. We'll talk about Bob Fenwick making a push for city council, not his first rodeo, Bobby Fenwick. Uh, we got a new meme, this meme from the son of Deep Throat. The I Love Seville Network has an anonymous source that routinely is providing phenomenal content, information, and down-low knowledge. And the Deep Throat, one of the best sources the I Love Seville Network has, has two offspring, two scion, two sons. One of those sons is a fan of the program, and he has a new moniker. His name, High Voice, the son of Deep Throat. High Voice, the son of Deep Throat, is a bit of a uh, graphic designer, a talented one, and he has sent us his second meme, which we will feature on the I Love Seville show. Unfortunately, this meme um, showcasing the daytime murder and the gang, gun, and drug violence that is currently ravaging Charlottesville, Virginia. We'll talk about the gang, gun, and drug violence as it pertains to um, neighborhoods, as it pertains to safety, and as it pertains to what's next. How many of you are just absolutely exhausted with waking up to headlines about murders in our community? I certainly am. That topic on today's show. We'll let you know why teachers in Albemarle County's public school system are furious, downright irate with Albemarle County public schools. Collective bargaining isn't a smoke and mirror show by the school board and by Dr. Matthew Haas and his cabinet. Right now, collective bargaining is happening, and the teachers do not have a seat at the table. All those topics and more on today's program, including 525 apartments coming to Old Ivy Road, Matt Lawless resigning as Scottsville's town manager, and Razorblade Burt Ellis apologizing for calling students and staff at the University of Virginia numbnuts. Yes a man on the Board of Visitors, yes, a man appointed to the Board of Visitors by the Governor, Glenn Youngkin, yes, a man appointed to the Board of Visitors by the Governor, Glenn Youngkin, did not realize that his text messages could be tracked. He calls students and admins and teachers, faculty at UVA, numbnuts, and says he is fighting for the soul of Thomas Jefferson and the University of Virginia. I literally cannot make this stuff up. Charlottesville, Virginia, and Central Virginia in totality, a talk show host's dream. We'll go to the two-shot, and we'll welcome the sun-kissed Judah Wickhauer to the program. After a few days in California... Sun-kissed? I mean, you look 
red at least. Would you say tan? You went to California. It was, it was probably sunnier than it was here in Charlottesville in Central Virginia in the middle of winter. I, was, I didn't realize. Well, it was actually colder than it was here. And Los Angeles uh, was colder than here. Yeah. Wow. Did you guys spend some time outside? Uh, not a whole lot. We spent a lot of time traveling. A lot but, of time traveling. That is a lot of time. But apparently going to Charlottesville, Charlottesville comes with an, uh, uh, a free tan, so... Uh, well, I mean, you did go from West Coast to East Coast. No, from East Coast to West Coast and West Coast to East Coast in a short amount of time. Either way, welcome back. While you were gone, Vanessa Parkhill, hello. Welcome to the program. While you were gone, another murder, Judah. Yep. Another murder, Cherry Avenue, convenience store, 20-year-old man shopping at a convenience store, the Sunshine Market on Cherry. As he's shopping... At this convenience store, two other guys walk in, and I use the, the word guys loosely. I mean, we're talking a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old here. Yeah. 17-year-old and a 19-year-old walk in. 17-year-old and the 19-year-old have beef with the 20-year-old who's buying stuff at the convenience store. A little smack talk, a little brouhaha. Next thing you know, it is the effing OK Corral. Cherry Avenue, daytime, convenience store, Saturday afternoon, bullets flying, the 20-year-old who's shopping at the convenience store, dead at the scene, 17-year-old who walks in with his 19-year-old buddy, he heads to UVA hospital with a gunshot wound, he's being charged with second-degree murder, Mm -hmm. and a felony, another felony, using a, a gun in the action of committing a felony. The, tw- the 19-year-old goes on the lam, literally on the run, sprints to Albemarle County over the city line, heads down 5th Street Extended to the, is it Timberland Apartments? Is to the Timberland they, Apartments. Is that where they caught him? I'm asking you. You're responding with a question. Um, heading across Albemarle County to the Timberland Apartments. This whole situation an absolute mess. Here's what we know. The Timberland Apartments have had three shootings or three kind of, three aspects of collateral damage associated with shootings in the last 10 days. They had a man murdered there. They had a man try to escape to there. And just around the corner from these apartments, there was a man shot in a botched drug deal gone wrong on Wahoo Way. Here's what else we know. Another week, another daytime murder in the city. Michael Cotchis on the scene, the police chief. They coordinate with Albemarle County to get the young man who was on the lam trying to run from the law. <clears throat> this is getting pretty tiring. It's getting pretty tiring. My wife is beyond fed up with this, as she should be, to the point where it's like, we're going to consider where we're shopping and spending now for an extended period of time. She's certainly not going out with friends. I mean, none of them are, they're, they're, it's not like they're going to Cherry Avenue or, or any of these neighborhoods. Who? Your wife. I disagree. 
going to Cherry Avenue? Kate Schartz literally put in the feed. Her family's, she's the queen of Ivy. Her family's favorite ice cream place is a couple feet down the road from Cherry Avenue. And, and Lauren goes out with her? She goes to that place all the time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we should profile the neighborhood and who's going there. There's plenty of offerings. I, Have you I, tried the fried chicken at the GoCo on Cherry Avenue? No. It's one of the best, some of the best fried chicken in town. Okay. We're at Dairy Market routinely. Like, I'd say almost once a week we're at Dairy Market with the boys. Okay. I mean, I, the, the fear is the brazen nature of daytime murders. Really, here's the fear. And I'm going to try to cut through the, the noise. Here's the fear. A stray bullet mm-hmm. hitting someone not involved right. in the gun, gang, or drug violence. Fortunately, throughout the last, how long do you think this gun, and drug, and gang violence has been going on? We say, why don't we call it less than a year from a significance standpoint? Or more like an awareness standpoint. The only collateral damage with stray bullets hitting people not involved in the fiascos, respective gun, drug, and gang violence fiascos, was the shooting outside the down, inside the downtown mall restaurant and bar. Two people were hit by stray bullets. Thank the Lord, two God-fearing people, both folks recovered. You want to know how this truly escalates into a serious problem? You have stray bullets hit innocent bystanders. And when stray bullets hit innocent bystanders, you go from a very serious problem to national news and a problem of tremendous proportions. No doubt. We have not had that yet. No. Not from a death standpoint, strictly from an injury standpoint. I have to start asking the question, and I think the viewers and listeners need to ask this question as well. Scott Aaronworth giving you props on the haircut. Olivia Branch giving you props on the haircut. You're looking very dapper. She's the queen of Keswick. She says, looking very dapper. He does look dapper, I would say. Um, J-Dubs looking fresh with the haircut. Give Judah Wickhauer some props. Derek Bond, hello. Welcome to the program. You have to start asking this question. Are these neighborhoods safe right now? And safe is in the eye of the beholder. Safe is unique to individuals. That feeling of safety is unique to individuals. Are they safe right now? Well, if safe is in the eye of the beholder, then we can't really answer that question. Um, I would say they are, but I would certainly, I definitely understand people seeing them as unsafe. Would you feel completely comfortable walking in either neighborhood by yourself? Yeah, I think I would. Would you feel comfortable? I may be unique in uh, Charlottesville. I mean, I grew up in Los Angeles. I've Would you feel completely comfortable walking by yourself in the neighborhoods at night? Yeah. Completely comfortable. We have, 
There has been absolutely nothing to indicate that uh, that there that that people walking through neighborhoods are being targeted. Viewers and listeners, would you also feel equally as confident and comfortable? I know many of you do not. Yeah, and I don't expect people to be as uh, as comfortable as I would be. I'm, I think it really comes down to this. Do you have kids? No. And I, I don't mean that specifically for you. We got Keith Smith on Real Talk this morning, who's a Marine. Literally has training that he's gone through as a United States Marine that few of us as laymen's have. And he said he would not walk his grandchildren down Cherry Avenue during the middle of the day. You got a, a United States Marine saying that. Mm-hmm. He would not walk with his grandchildren down Cherry Avenue right now. Yeah. I would not with our boys. My wife would not by herself with our boys. I, like you, would feel comfortable going by myself. So there's levels to this, if you may. Yeah, definitely. Levels to it. Here's a follow-up question I have for you. When does it get to the point of crescendoing out of control. Are we there now? No, I mean, uh, I think, you know, we talk, about, we talk about gun, drug, and gang violence, but so far this has mostly been, I mean, look at this. Uh, this most recent one is a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 17-year-old. I would almost say that parents need to get a handle on their kids, but these guys... I mean, guys, that's so... These that, guys, that is such a... I'm, that's such a tired response now. For decades, we've been saying parents need to get a handle on their kids. Parents are not doing that. We can, as a community, say, moms and dads, spank your sons to keep them from killing people. That's basically what you're saying. No, you cut me off. So what I was saying is that I would say that, but they're old enough that they aren't under their parents' purview anymore. They're out of the house. But this seemed... I, the parent line is, I don't is, think we've is seen, exasperated by I don't now. think we've seen real gang violence here yet. Oh, I vehemently disagree with you. We have both police chiefs literally saying we have a gang problem. Yeah, but we don't have... When I when I'm start getting worried is when we start having drive-bys and, and as you said earlier... You know, random people who are uninvolved getting getting hit by stray bullets. That's when that's when it starts to get really worrying for me. So you're you're trivializing this gang violence, is what you're saying. You're saying that this is not significant. You're taking the role of Kevin Yancey, who I disagree with a lot of most of the time. I disagree with Kevin Yancey. Okay. Um, and he has mentioned on this program that this is not true gang violence. He mentioned that this morning on Real Talk. And I would say it's easy for someone to say this isn't true gang violence while sitting in a home in Waynesboro in Augusta County on the other side of the mountain. Okay, I'm not sure how that makes... I'm not I would sure say that I, how that has I effect, was but. this past Monday in, in attendance at the town hall in the 10th and Page neighborhood. Yeah. I was in attendance and spoke to the police chief in a room 
surrounded by folks that live in the 10th and Page and Fifeville neighborhoods. Yeah. And I went to that meeting specifically to get a feel for what these two neighborhoods were feeling. To listen, to learn. I did speak until the very end. I was the second to last speaker. And what I heard in that meeting, Kevin hasn't done this. I don't believe you've gone to the neighborhoods and listened to what the residents have said. No, I'm not sure what point you're trying to make. But they have no. all said they're terrified of the gangs that are in the neighborhoods. Literally on the record, anyone can watch the meeting. It's on the city YouTube channel. Multiple residents that live in 10th and Page and Fifeville said, we are scared of the gangs that are terrorizing our neighborhoods. That was literally the words that was used on the record by people that live in these, live in these two neighborhoods. It's understandable. So it's easy for folks that live in Waynesboro, Augusta, easy for folks that live in Albaro or Keswick, North Downtown, Greenbrier, City of Charlotte, whatever it may be, to say that this isn't true gang violence because we're not having drive-by shootings. And folks that are innocent bystanders are, are not getting hit yet, so this isn't significant violence yet. But the folks living in the neighborhood say, this is gang activity and we're scared of it. All right. So I'm not sure why you're asking me questions if the answer is their feelings. No. I'm relaying. That's why I went to these meetings. Why I went to this meeting, to be able to relay what the community has, the mm. community in these two neighborhoods are saying. You live in the area. You work for a company called I Love Seville that makes its living and funds your paycheck by talking about the community. So your voice undoubtedly is valued and perspective should be counted upon. I'm just passing along what the neighborhoods are saying. I think if we make comments, and I'll pass it back to you, comments like, moms and dads need to spank their kids and step up and hold their children accountable to prevent the gang and drug violence from happening. Come on, that's not gonna happen. On top of that, these are folks that are 18, 19, and 20. That's what I said. They're out of the house. So the parents step up, hold your kid accountable thing. That might work when they're elementary school, middle school, but at this point, this is past the point of no return. In this particular case? Yeah. So, I'll say it again. Is there a gang problem? I'm... Didn't you already answer that for yourself? Derek Bond owns two restaurants in the area watching the program. What is gang violence then? When gang members kill each other, that's violence by gangs. Eventually it will get worse. Get a hold of it now before it gets worse, please. I believe that's what Conscious is working on. Has he done anything significant? Have you, have you talked with Conscious at all? No. Okay, I have. I, what has been done of significance? You're asking me? You follow the news. But the news doesn't report on what, the, what Conscious is doing with the police force. They talk about the walk and talks. Yeah. Besides the walk and talks, what has been done of significance? I'm still not sure why you're asking me. I don't know what... I mean, it's a talk show. Two people have a conversation I back know, and forth on a talk but show. But I don't know what... Conscious is currently doing. He's doing the walk and talks. Yeah. 
Those are the things that are easily reported on, but the... What but else is being done? I couldn't tell you. John Plecker watching. I would walk in 10th and Page and Fifield, but my wife would not. I would not allow it at night for my daughter either. Yeah. But she does have to walk Cherry to get to school. Thank you, John Plecker, for that perspective. I like that you've been commenting on the show. What has, and everybody that watches this program knows I back the blue, Judah backs the blue. But what of significance has been accomplished to keep this violence in check? Can you, anyone answer that question? Do you think that there's something that can be done to prevent this? Yeah. How about a gun buyback program? Okay. Has that been done yet? Has not been. But would that... Uh, would what has been done? I want anyone watching this program, besides a walk and talk, what has been done in this community to stop this violence? I don't think anyone can give me an answer. We had a town hall meeting at a church. The next day, 17 hours later, someone was murdered. Can anyone answer that question? What has been done of significance, of tangible, something tangible that's been done? I think the best way to get that answer is to have... uh Police Chief Cotchis on here, because nobody else can tell you what he's done or is doing. Police Chief Cotchis has been extremely communicative through the social channels of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Police Chief Cotchis is meeting with business owners, with residents, with stakeholders, with communities. Kelly Lewis, her mom at one time, a head honcho within the Charlottesville Police Department, she says nothing in all exclamation points. Nothing has been done. Kelly Lewis says you have the buck squad and that's it. Kelly Lewis, welcome back to the program. We love when you watch the show, Kelly Lewis. Lisa Cussolo, who lives on Cherry Avenue, she's the queen of Cherry Avenue, says the cashier at the Sunshine Market is behind what looks like bulletproof glass. She also gives Judah Wickhauer props on the haircut. Thank you. I, I, who wants to see a gun buyback program? I'd like to see that. Who wants to see the positioning of a joint task force between UVA, Albemarle, and Charlottesville City to be more in the news cycle, more prioritized, and more emphasized with talking points by both police, all three police departments, UVA, Albemarle, and Charlottesville? We'd love to see a joint task force between the three. We'd love to see that. That's something that can get done. Cotchis has indicated he's going to create the policing districts. Mm-hmm. And those policing districts are 10th and Page, Fifeville, and UVA. He said he was going to create these policing districts over a week ago. Over a week ago, he said these police, policing districts would be created. And yet a daytime murder happened in one of the three police districts that he was going to create. So you think if... He's, if he had already created the uh, districts, that there would be no more murders in those districts? I think at this point, the extent of what has been done is purely window dressing. And okay. to Cotchis's credit, credit, he's been on the job two months. 
So he hadn't been on the job that long. And because he has not been on the job that long, we have to give him the latitude and leeway, the leash. Because he hadn't been on the job that long. But I think to this point, everything that's been done has been window dressing. To build political capital, to build goodwill, to build brand, to build PR, to help potentially recuperate or recover the damage that was created during Dr. Brackney's tenure as police chief, where the community pretty much started trusting the department even less during Brackney's tenure. So Cotchis is having to rehabilitate or remodel or rebuild or recover a lot of what was damaged during Brackney's tenure. But to this point, I think everything has been window dressing. Okay, well... Here's, here's a question. If the police are strictly... If the police are strictly arresting and charging the folks that commit the crime, is that enough for you? Is it enough for me? Of course not. Because you don't want the crime to even happen in the first place. That is always preferable. Right. So for those that say that arrests are happening with these murders, is that enough? No, but that's all... That's, I don't think that's enough either. That's also assuming they're doing nothing else but running these people down and charging them. Here's why Matt, think the king of bicycling... think naive. Here's, here's why I don't think arresting perpetrators is enough. Because the folks committing this crime, these are the... I'm choosing my words carefully. These aren't the most sophisticated criminals. When you go into a convenience store in the middle of the daytime and you murder somebody, or you kill somebody outside of a restaurant in the downtown mall where there's cameras everywhere, or you're killing somebody on Hardy Drive, 10th and Page in the middle of the daylight, you're not the most sophisticated criminal. So the arrests that come with this kind of crime is not the most challenging of policing. You got to give me that, right? Sure. This isn't like a big who done it. They know who's doing it. And they're arresting the folks that are doing it. So from my standpoint, that is not solving a, a caper of significant proportions here. If I want to see... No, I, I definitely would not have those folks on a lamb, Matt. Definitely not. But the folks that are getting arrested for this kind of criminal activity, they're not wearing masks. They're not hiding their identity. They're killing people in front of cameras. They literally are being caught within less than an hour after killing someone. This is not difficult policing that's happening when you're catching these people. The difficult policing would be putting the infrastructure in place so the murders don't happen to begin with. That's the challenge. 
They're killing people without hiding their identities. They're killing people without hiding their identities. I want to realize, I want to emphasize that. And Matt, I would straight up say this. Fifeville and Tenth and Page, if this continues, I would be very curious to see what happens with property values in these two neighborhoods. At least where the crime is, is happening. Now, as Lisa Costello highlighted on the show, that Cherry Avenue corridor is a really long one. And once you get on the other side of the UVA hospital toward JPA, and on the other side of Roosevelt, the JPA side of Roosevelt, the crime isn't as compartmentalized or as dense as, as, um, the, as compared to the downtown mall side of Cherry, the Tonsler side of Cherry. Okay. So she's very, very, um, she emphasized that in the first show, which I think is a very good point. Here are some strategies. People want solutions. Solutions for the Charlottesville Police Department. Do a gun buyback program. There's one solution. Get the guns off the streets with a gun buyback program. There's a solution for you. Solution number two for the Charlottesville Police Department. On top of the policing districts that you're creating, on top of the satellite police station that you're opening on Prospect Avenue, figure out a way to have even more of a presence in these districts from not just a police standpoint, but from a communication and goodwill standpoint. Would love to see that. I'd love to see um, Al Morrill's police force, Charlottesville's police force, and UVA's police force create a, a joint task force of some capacity to help fight this crime specifically a task force geared to this crime. That's another potential solution. Have we seen Tim Longo, Al Morrill's police chief, and Charlottesville's police chief at one joint press conference, all three of them next to each other, behind a podium, communicating with Central Virginia and saying, this is what we're doing as a team working together? We haven't seen that. Do you find it peculiar or odd that we haven't seen the three chiefs in one press conference communicating with Albemarle, Charlottesville, and the UVA community? Mm, not really. I'm sure they've. I'm sure they communicated. Oh. I'm sorry. No, finish your thought. I'm sure they've communicated, but uh, if there's no indication that uh, that if there's no indication that they need to. Uh, you know, to do something that sweeping, like across all of their uh, their forces, then maybe maybe they just haven't felt the need to uh, communicate that to us. Scott Aaronworth says, "Jerry, this is not a Charlottesville alone issue. This happens in a lot of places. That may be, Scott, but I live in Charlottesville, and this is the I Love Seville show. So while this may happen in Portsmouth, I don't care about Portsmouth." Because this is the I Love Seville show and I live in Charlottesville. So I'm focused on Charlottesville and Almoral County. I would like to see the three chiefs, UVA, Almoral, and Charlottesville City, 
hosting a press conference, inviting the media, and communicating with Almoral Charlottesville and the UVA communities, this is our plan of attack. On Saturday afternoon, you had someone killed in the daytime, and one of the three people involved in that murder left the city of Charlottesville and went to Almoral County to hide out. Multiple occasions in the last month alone, the active shooter, who started in the city of Charlottesville and finished at the Red Roof Inn, this murder that happened on Saturday, other instances as well, you've seen Almoral and Charlottesville involved in both situations. I'm Give sure me a press conference where all three chiefs are there together. Go ahead. No. I, yeah. I, maybe they'll hear you and decide that, uh, that uh, they need to appease you, and uh, they'll do what you're asking for. I mean, it's not just me. It's everyone. It's everyone. I mean, it's moms. You know, I, I, and I don't want to, like, marginalize here. Once you have kids, it's completely different. That's, it changes your life. Mm -hmm. Lisa Custolo says, it takes some time to get these folks in jail and off the streets. Kelly Lewis likes the joint task force idea. Do you think this is a byproduct of the damage Brackney did to the department? Do you think this is a byproduct of the damage COVID and isolation and quarantining did to impressionable psyches? I think, they've, I think both of those things have certainly played their parts. Is this watching social media and videos on your phone desensitizing you to violence? Is that a byproduct of this? I think you're going a little too far there, but... Uh, I mean, 16-year-old being able to watch people get murdered on their screen in their hand is not going to influence how they look at the precious nature of life? Kelly I mean, says, sure. what we're experiencing right now is the collateral damage of Al Thomas and Dr. Brackney. Yeah, like I said, there are, I'm sure there are a lot of contributing factors. I believe her mom at one time was number two. Um, in the Charlottesville Police Department. Give me a tangible pop. Proof of performance. I'm going to see proof of performance policing. That's, I think that's hard to do in this case because what you're asking for is to not have things happen. So how do you prove that something has not happened? You can't prove that somebody... Gun buyback program is pop policing. Okay, but if you look Here's up... Here's money. If you we look take up our, these guns. When it, the event's over, this many guns are off the street. That's pop policing. Okay, but you think that the people that are, doing, that are shooting each other in, uh, in Sunshine Marts are going to sell all their guns? No. <clears throat> I don't think so but some will be sold. And that's better than nothing. And that's not happening right now. Okay. We haven't had a, have we had a gun buyback program? 
We haven't. Not to my knowledge. We haven't. Have you read any articles on the effectiveness of gun buyback pro- programs? Any program that gets some guns off the street is effective. Okay. Right? If you take guns from criminals and give them to the police, that's taking guns off the street, right? But who's taking the guns from the criminals? What do you mean? Well, you just said if, when you take guns from criminals and give them to the police, but nobody's going to... Who's in a gun buyback program? It's, it's, uh, you've got to actually bring your guns in. Yeah, that's how it works. I know. It's not like somebody is going to go around and collect the guns from the criminals and give them to, to the police. The criminals have to actually want to give the guns up. Yeah. There's a setting where you come, you give your guns without fear of retribution. That's how it works. They're not doing gun buyback programs and then slapping the cuffs on someone who's selling his Glock. I'm aware of that. I mean, that's, in, that's the definition of entrapment. Here's a free buyback program. Come give me your gun, and then we're going to handcuff you. That's not happening. That would create a hell of a lot of distrust with the community. I'm not sure how we got to that, but I, that's you, true. The buyback program we're harping too much on. I, just want, I, I don't want to see walk and talks are fine. Town hall meetings or fireside chats are fine. So you want? I'm just. I you want, want tangible policing. You want daily updates? I no. I want proof of performance. I want tangible policing that keeps this strategies we're doing. Here's the plan of attack. The same thing when someone comes to us and says, "We're considering you, this firm, to manage your brand. What are you going to do to drive return on investment?" And I'm presenting in these meetings a pitch deck that might be 10 slides, 15 slides, 20 slides, either tangibly or in conversation. This is what we're going to do to drive incremental revenue to your business to justify the monthly retainer you pay us. So far, we've had, we're going to have walk and talks to meet with the community, to listen to people, and fireside chats, and a policing district. Okay. Um, so and we're, we're harping on the gun buyback program. It's just one buckshot. What's the say? What's the Robert Liberty phrase? Silver buckshot. Yeah. There's others. Just give us something tangible. I mean, how would you grade Conscious's tenure so far? I mean, I, it's, you're, you're going to say to be determined because he's so little on the job. And that's the right answer. Okay? That's, not, that's literally the right Okay, what would you say? Go ahead, Judah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure where, you're, where your position is. How would you grade Kachis's term so how, far? How would you grade him? You've, I you've, just said to be determined because he hasn't been on the job that long. Okay. That's how I would grade it. All right. But eventually, if the murders continue, we have to start grading the police chief on crime. Do we not? Sure. It's, it's, he's paid the most money of any police in city of Charlottesville. He's the head coach. If the head coach, Tony Elliott's not winning games at UVA, Tony Elliott's feeling heat from the Virginia fan base. 
Eventually, if Tony Elliott's feeding feeling heat from the Virginia fan base halfway through his first year, I would imagine, and that's just football, that's football, I would imagine life and death is going to have the same vigor and passion and attention and microscope that football does, I hope to God. If we're halfway through Cotchis' first year and the dude has not stopped crime, doesn't he deserve the same heat that a football coach who doesn't win football games get? We got a guy whose only job is to win football games and halfway through his first year on the job, half the fan base wanted to get him out of town. We have another guy whose job is to keep people alive. I would imagine the guy who has to keep people alive is going to feel the same heat that the football coach who only has to win football games is facing. If not, then we have another problem altogether in Charlottesville. Halfway through his tenure at UVA, six games in, people were like, fire this guy. Oh. I, Scott, the only way to get criminals off the streets is by arresting them and prosecuting them to the max... I don't agree with that, Scott. I do not agree with that. I think there are other ways to get criminals off the streets besides arresting them and prosecuting them to the max. Albert Graves says, I think it's a product of years of low, low, poor maintenance in all the city's departments. And he also suggests gun buybacks, back-to-school nights, turkey handouts, and other activities to build trust and relationships within the communities. When do you start grading the chief? When do I start grading the chief? I mean, it's not, you've been grading him this whole, uh, this whole show. When do you start grading the chief? I start, grading the, I start grading the chief when things get visibly worse wow. and continue that way. Because in the meantime, you're basically making assumptions about everything. Dylan's rule on Twitter. I give Cotchis a grade D right now. Dylan's rule on Twitter said a number of tweets, which I'll get to here. I mean, I can imagine why everybody's freaking out right now. I would be too. Anyone that has kids right now, I completely understand why you're freaking out. He says, it's gang violence in the sense that there are organized groups of people who commit petty crimes and don't like other organized groups for various reasons, and they are shooting each other. Do you, do you characterize this as even gang violence? How's that question? Sure. Dylan's rule says Cotchis is doing worse than nothing. He and CPD are now issuing press releases that seem to downplay the shootings. The individuals knew each other, etc. I really don't like that language. This is a serious problem. We don't need to use that type of language. I give him a grade D. Mm. How do you characterize the language that is used in the press releases where Cotchis has said there's no doubt these people knew each other or this is an isolated event? 
how do I characterize it? I yeah. characterize it as fairly honest, I think. I have no idea what you're saying, Kevin Yancey. Literally no idea what you're saying, Kevin. You're, you're going to finish your thought there? Uh, I did. You characterize the press releases as honest? Yeah. We're not seeing carjackings. We're not seeing, you know, people... You think the use of the isolated events language is okay? Are they not? Is there something... I mean, that, this guy something... just made a legitimate argument of why it's not. It's marginalizing the activity on Twitter. Did you hear him? I, my wife feels the same way about this. Okay, so you're saying that he's right. No, this, this guy said there's a serious problem here, and the press releases we get from the Charlottesville Department, Police Department constantly downplay the significance of what we have in front of us, which they do. They do. The language they do downplays it. My wife says the same stuff. She reads the press releases, and she says, saying it's an isolated event and that the community has nothing to worry about, she says is absolute BS. She okay. says just because the folks know each other and it's contained by their groups of friends doesn't mean I'm not worried. Okay. Thoughts on that? I, I mean, I don't want to set you off. Uh, I, set me off? What, what are you talking about? If, if you're saying that he and she are right, then I'm not sure what argument I could pose that would uh, change your mind. Okay, so you're okay with the language? Yes. In fact, I think it's probably correct. And we're not seeing – what we're seeing is exactly what he calls it. We're not seeing random, you know, we're not seeing random killings. We're not seeing carjackings. We're not seeing, we're, we're basically seeing people, and I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying that it's, uh, that it's acceptable, but I'm saying that it's far better than, than people driving around shooting up the city. It's mostly been people who get into fights with each other who are shooting each other, and it's terrible, but the language I do not think is disingenuous in the, uh, in the police reports. This is from Grayson, North Downtown's finest. I think we've dubbed him the mayor of downtown. Um, he says, Jerry, I cannot agree with you and the Dylan guy more. Every time I read these press releases and I see the line, the community should not be worried about this violence, I get more angry. When you're shooting people in a small town, eventually you say enough is enough and you start to worry. My family certainly is. Mm. I'm not, and I'm not saying not to worry, but should the language be more inflammatory? Should the language be attempting to scare people more? No, I, I, think, I think the language from the press releases needs to stop being, this is an isolated event. I think the language from these press releases from Charlottesville Police Department needs to be, the community does not need to worry anymore. That needs to be taken out. Okay. The isolated event language is bogus. You know why it's bogus? 
because they issued this press release in the Sunshine Market after the murder, and then immediately they had to lock down the Timberland apartments in the urban ring. And everyone that was living in that apartment complex was on lockdown, and there were dozens of police cars and officers in their complex. So while it may have been an isolated event on Cherry Avenue, that isolated event spilled over to Almaro County, and people couldn't leave their apartments in the middle of the day on Saturday. So to call it an isolated event is BS. Because if it was an isolated event, it wouldn't have locked down an apartment complex a handful of miles away. They're undoubtedly correlated. And utilizing language that it's an isolated event and the community shouldn't worry is just brand management and PR. Okay. Kevin, I literally, Kevin, Yancey, I don't know what's going on with you today, but I cannot, I don't get a single one of the comments that you're putting in the feed. Not a single comment you have met, you have left today has resonated with me in any capacity today. Not a single one, Kevin Yancey, has resonated with me in any capacity today. I need to emphasize that to you. Um, all right. Deep Throat, his son created a meme based on the Charlottesville logo. This is from a young man who is going to be a superstar in whatever he pursues in life. He created, I believe he's like, I want to call it somewhere between 8 and 10 years old. Can you put the meme that he put on screen? This is a young man who is less, I'd say between 8 and 10 years old, created this meme based on the Charlottesville logo. If you could put that on screen. That's on there. Jabbing at the Charlottesville logo. This is eight-year-old, nine-year-old, right here. Mm -hmm. Eight and nine-year-olds. It's on screen? Yeah. Look at the screen, guys. Eight and nine-year-olds. I like the creativity. I like the cleverness. I like the fact that someone under 10 is able to use graphic design. This is the second meme he sent our way. His nickname is, is High Voice, the son of Deep Throat. Thank you, High Voice, for sending us this meme. You have eight nine-year-olds that understand what's happening here. Do not underestimate that. The, that. Eight nine-year-olds, okay? Thank you, High Voice, son of Deep Throat, for this meme. One other, a couple of other items out of the notebook here. Bob Fenwick, we're hearing, is making a run for Charlottesville City Council. He's collecting the signatures as we speak. We have Lloyd Snook and Michael Payne running for council. Word on the street is Bob Fenwick is getting in this race, collecting the signatures. He last, ra he last ran in 2019 and lost. Almoral County teachers are un undoubtedly angry with how collective bargaining is transpiring. On Thursday's meeting for the school board, the school board gave the impression that collective bargaining was going to be a reality. But then they closed the meeting by saying that the school board I'm sorry. will work 
as a unit to create the premise of collective bargaining and will not include the teachers or hear voice and input from the teachers. Understandably, the teachers are angry with Almore County Public Schools. If the school board and Dr. Haas go down the road of creating collective bargaining without getting input from teachers and support staff, that is an absolute travesty. You do not create the parameters of collective bargaining without including the teachers from day one. Include the teachers from day one, please, school board. Because if you do this without including the teachers and having their perspective and their guidance from day one, you are literally creating a PR nightmare. A PR nightmare. Get the input from the teachers that the collective bargaining would empower, please. Two other items, three other items actually, and then we'll go to your comments. There's 525 apartments coming to Old Ivy Road. The developer of this project is a company, Graystar, that specializes in apartments for students. I don't know how 525 apartments on Old Ivy Road are going to materialize without this being a cluster duck. Quack, quack, quack. Time will tell. Time will tell. But 525 apartments on Old Ivy Road is... Seems like a disaster with the infrastructure they have in place waiting to happen. I would have... I wonder if any of the Board of Supervisors besides Ann Malik, because I know Ann Malik has waited in this line before, but besides Ann Malik, how many of the Board of Supervisors have seen St. Anne's Belfield at drop-off or pick-up time and the line that literally spills down 250 and off the exit. And now you're talking about adding 525 additional apartments to that area. That is a cluster duck. Cluster duck waiting to happen. Matt Lawless, the town manager at Scottsville, is resigning. Scottsville is looking for a town manager as we speak right now. Matt Lawless on the job for about five years. He did a hell of a job, guys, in Scottsville. He and his wife are looking for uh, a different setting. So Matt Lawless, great work. Town manager spot in the town of Scottsville now up for grabs. And Razorblade Ellis is apologizing for his numbnuts text. Bert Ellis appointed to the UVA Board of Visitors by Glenn Youngkin, the governor, apologizing for calling UVA students and faculty numbnuts and text messages obtained through a Freedom of Information Act by a journalist in Richmond. In fact, he reached out to me. I should talk to that journalist about getting him on the show. He sent me uh, an email about that. I may do that this afternoon. Um, let's go to uh, the king of the environment, Lonnie Murray. He's got a comment. Lonnie Murray only... Um, pontificating as a citizen, Lonnie Murray, and nothing else. I like when you watch the program, Lonnie. He says, the most effective strategy to treat the way you would a systematic health issue like a pandemic. Some communities have done the equivalent of contact tracing for shootings and focused on prevention of new shootings through intervention. Violence spreads through a community in a very similar way as any other public health crisis. This approach requires communication and a coordinated approach across multiple agencies. 100% agree. You want tangible policing? Get a joint task force across multiple agencies. 100% agree. 
king of the environment, good comment. No idea what you're saying here, Kevin. Um, any closing thoughts over there from you, uh, Judah B. Wickhauer? And then we got some comments coming in. Um, no, go ahead with the comments. Uh, this is from Warrior AG. Arrests are being made, but it's not. But it's the not putting more deterrence in place that's downgrading the chief's job but he's also handcuffed by being so short-staffed of police officers. But yes, more should be done. And he says the statements are way off base from the police in these press releases. They say it's no threat to the community when every shooting is a threat to the community. Warrior AG on the I Love Seville Facebook page there. Your thoughts on that? And Lisa Costello gives High Voice, Son of Deep Throat, some props on an excellent meme. And she says, Old Ivy Bridge cannot handle more traffic. It's a tough situation because no one wants to see anyone get killed. Definitely. Eventually, we got to start saying, what are you doing to combat it, though? And at what point in year one, do we start saying, just like we did with a football coach at UVA during year one of his tenure, Charlottesville, Virginia, Central Virginia, and Tony Elliott's first year, a handful of games into the season, people were calling for him to get pink slipped. It's a perfect analogy, a perfect analogy to see how this community responds Football versus violence. Time will tell. Welcome back. What kind of conditioner do you use in your hair from Leslie? Uh, I don't use conditioner, just, uh, <clears throat> just shampoo. Can Judah offer any insight into how he treats his hair from Leslie? Just shampoo and water. Shampoo no, and water. No conditioner, there no gel, no spray. I like it. That's it. Looking sharp. Monday edition of the talk show. We're off to a TV commercial shoot. Thank you kindly for joining us. So long, everybody.